Corona vincenti datur. A crown is given to the conqueror. And in the epistle today, St. Paul tells us in the Latin, Noli vinci amalo said, Vince in bono malum. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The first quote that I read to you, Corona vincenti datur, a crown is given to the conqueror, is a sort of play on words. It's in the hymn for the martyr deacon whom we honor today, Vincent. Vincenti Vincent. Meaning, and it all comes from the Latin root vincens, which is to conquer. Now, St. Vincent's bishop, they say, had a, a speech impediment. He wasn't able to fulfill his office of preaching the gospel, so instead he had his faithful deacon, Vincent, to preach it in his stead. But as news reached the Roman governor, who at that time was Dacian, Vincent then was arrested, scourged, put on the rack. He was then laid on gridiron, much like his fellow deacon, St. Lawrence, and roasted a bit. His flesh was then torn with hooks, and then he was led into prison, the floor of which was covered with broken glass, so that it hurt whether he walk or whether he lie down. But nothing, none of these sufferings, could break his strong resolution to preach the gospel, for the gospel is not bound. And because none of those pains could shake his re resolve, he was then given by his enemies a soft bed in the hopes that by having such luxury and comfort, he might then choose and prefer a life of ease and give up the gospel. Instead, Vincent, he died peacefully upon that bed. The, that cozy bed was for St. Vincent, the worst torture that they ha could have given him. Coron corona vincenti datur, a crown is given to Vincent the conqueror on that day. Now, from the perspective of the world, it would seem that St. Vincent was conquered rather than that he conquered his enemies. After all, his enemies put him to death, right? His enemies therefore won, right? The it was one less person preaching the gospel, am I not correct? But the devil, who is the prince of this world, he is the ape of God. What is victory to God is defeat to the devil. And what is defeat to God is apparent victory to the devil. We must never forget that. They are polar opposites. And so in the world of sports and of competition, the trophy always goes to the aggressor, he who proves himself to be physically stronger. Take, for example, football or boxing or, or cage fighting. And they, the, the 
Victor receives the fine gold and silver and bronze, and in debates, the reward goes to him who has the superior intellect. There is all this strife that goes on. But in the eyes of God, in spiritual matters, it is always the opposite. After all, didn't Christ conquer hell and Satan by means of the cross, by means of his death on the cross? And didn't he say that only such as, such as little children would enter the kingdom of heaven? Didn't he say also that he would always choose the weak things of the earth to confound the strong? The virgin martyrs, St. Agnes, for example, whose feast was yesterday, they are depicted not with crowns of gold and fine jewels and all of that, but their crowns, if you notice, are made of floral wreaths. The reason being this, that the flowers and the vines have their roots low into the earth, a symbol of humility, and that in the Christian life it is the humble who are victorious. St. Paul, speaking to the Romans in his epistle today, he gives a sort of program for how we ought to deal with our neighbor, whether he be friend or enemy. Briefly, he says this. He tells us, be of one mind, not minding high things. In other words, he's telling us, be modest and humble, because these are virtues that serve toward mutual agreement and peace. In other words, to put it in modern terms, St. Paul is saying, don't look down your nose at other people. Just because they're not as rich as you or as smart as you and don't have the same talents as you, never look down your nose at another. And secondly, he says, be not wise in your own conceit. He says, do not have such a high opinion of yourself, your own judgment, as to despise and refuse the counsel of others. Again, in modern terms, he's saying, don't be self-conceited. And thirdly, he says, provide good things, not only in the sight of God, but in the sight of all men. In other words, he's telling us here to seek to edify others by living a virtuous life. And he goes on to say, if it be possible, mark those words, if it be possible, have peace with all men. But he knows, he knew, that it is not always possible. For one cannot compromise on matters of faith or morals just for the sake of keeping the peace. But where faith and morals are not involved, then try to have peace, not getting in the last word. Then St. Paul tells us how to act toward our enemy or towards one who gets, wants to get our goad. 
or who might be on our very last nerve today. He says, No le vince a malo, said vince in bono malum. There it is again, vince, overcome, conquer. He tells us, be not overcome by evil, but overcome or conquer evil by good. So, as I said, when one gets on our very last nerve, the Christian response is not to get back at him, not to prove that I am right and you are wrong. And when we are persecuted and when men say unkind or nasty things about us, our victory will most often be in humble silence, turning the other cheek and walking away if we can. Victory is not in our reaction to what he said. If we react in a violent way, manner, whether it be verbally or not, then we've already been conquered. But when, whenever evil is done to us by another, St. Paul tells us not only to not do him any harm, and here's where we all sort of pull back and shrink for fear, but that's the purpose of the gospel, right? To tell us not what we want to hear, but what we must do. St. Paul says that we are actually to do good to the one who has offended us. I know, it doesn't feel good when we do this. To let someone else win an argument, to say nothing when we are verbally attacked, just to quietly endure. And it might even feel like you have been defeated. But that's only from the worldly viewpoint. St. Vincent de Paul, here's what he says, the advice that he gives. Let us beware of complaints, resentments, and evil speaking against those who are discontented with us or who try to destroy our plans or who even persecute us with injuries, insults, and calumnies. Rather, he says, let us go on treating them cordially at first, or more so, as far as possible, showing them esteem, always speaking well of them, doing them good, serving them on occasion, even to the point of taking shame and disgrace upon ourselves, if necessary, to save their honor. All this ought to be done, he says, to overcome evil with good, according to the teaching of the apostles. And St. Francis de Sales, who is the patron of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, whose feast we celebrate next Sunday, sets the example for us. There was a local attorney in France who hated St. Francis for no apparent reason. He constantly spoke ill of St. Francis. He persecuted him. He would go around his church and tear down all the notices that St. Francis had hanging on the walls. This man even vandalized the confessional of St. Francis. And this holy bishop knew all about this and exactly who the man was who was doing it. 
So he went out to meet him, and he met him with a hearty handshake and spoke kind words to him, and it didn't work. He received more injuries. He said, I see that you hate me, and I don't really know why, but even if you were to put out my eye, I would still look upon you kindly as if you were my best friend with my other eye. Still, it did not change the ways of this man. The man, even on one occasion, tried to kill St. Francis. The man was up in a second-story window. St. Francis was walking down the street with one of his vicars, and the evil man shot. He missed the bishop and by accident hit the vicar instead. So the man was arrested. He was put in prison and was sentenced to death. St. Francis went to the governor and obtained this man's pardon. He then took the court-ordered paper and went himself to give this good news to the man in jail and to ask him to please put aside all the hostility and uh, hatred. But even with this, St. Francis was met with more calumnies and more insults. St. Francis got down on his knees and begged the man to forgive whatever offense he had done him. Nothing worked. So St. Francis quietly left the room, leaving him to the judgment of God. But this is how we heap coals of fire upon our enemy, as St. Paul tells us to do, not by seeking vengeance. We heap coals of fire upon them by our kindness, by our generosity towards him. Because when we do that, when we're kind towards our enemy, we unintentionally inflict upon him the healing pains of remorse and repentance for his past conduct and thereby win his conversion. And then we are the conquerors. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Let's sum up before I go. It is for us who bear the name of Christian to behave as followers of Christ. Rise above those fickle emotions. Be strong-minded. Suppress those revengeful thoughts which might arise from time to time. And resolve to treat our enemies as well as those who just simply annoy us, to treat them with charity and to do good unto them. This truly is the greatest victory that we will ever gain over ourselves, and it is that which will bring great peace of soul to each one of us. And then, when you go to face your judge, those words would be said. Corona vincenti datur, a crown is given to him who conquered. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.